Hey, what's up, listeners? My name's Tyler, and you're listening to Horror's Home Podcast. Today, my friend Hannah is joining me, and we're going to discuss the 2018 remake of Suspiria. The movie stars Dakota Johnson as an American woman who enrolls at a prestigious dance academy in Berlin run by a coven of witches. How many times do you think you've seen this movie, Hannah? I've seen this movie about four times. Really? Mm-hmm. What was your like initial thought after seeing it for the first time? So, the first time I saw it, it was actually in quarantine. Um, I remember I was actually, <laughs> I remember at that time I was drinking like wine all the time. That's just what you did in mm-hmm. quarantine. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Um, but the first time I watched it, I, not only was I impressed, but I, it was one of those movies that just caught my attention almost immediately. And it was one of those movies I knew I wanted to watch over and over again. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is directed by Luca Guadagnino, which I'm going to mess up a lot of names for this podcast, but that's okay. Based off the 1977 film of the same name by Dario Argento. Are you familiar with any like Italian horror or especially like 70s and 80s Italian horror? Um, not really. I mean, I've definitely heard of a if you named a couple of movies, I'm sure I would have heard of them, mm-hmm. but I'm not super Familiar with Italian horror. I'm more familiar with like Japanese horror. Oh, really? If anything. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, there's a certain genre style. I believe it's called Giallo. And it's like okay. really what Dario Argento and a few other people like dove into in the 70s and 80s. Which there was another. There's actually a sequel to the original Suspiria. It's called Inferno. Because this mm-hmm. movie talks about the the mothers. Yeah. Like the mother of sighs, the mother of darkness, and the mother of tears. Mm-hmm. And just... Not a lot of people know that Inferno is actually a sequel to it. And it was only three years later in 1980. Oh, wow. I didn't know that that was a sequel to Suspiria. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Actually, I have both of those on DVD. Hell yeah. Then the third one, which was just called Plainly Mother of Tears, came out in 2007. And I have not watched it, but I want to. (laughs) But yeah, it's pretty cool. So some backstory to the film. Luca acquired the rights from the original film's writers, Dario, and his wife, Daria, in 2008. He offered the project to David Gordon Green, who went on to direct 2018's Halloween. But the film that he was writing was actually canceled due to financing problems. Can we just quickly talk about Dario and Daria? I know. <laughs> like, they were, um, like, they were partnered together before they were, like, a couple. Like, they just worked on movies That's together. That's so insane. Yeah. I think of, like, twins. Like, you know, like... The twins from Rugrats. Yeah. Uh, Phil and Dee. Yes. That's like what kind of like that reminds me of like Dario. What is it? Dario and Daria? Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was like looking up and I was like, it didn't even say in the article that they were married, but then like I clicked on their name. They were only married for like 10 years, but still. For like like, 10 years. They're only married for a decade. I mean, that's different. (laughs) I mean, you know. It's fine. But it's just funny, yeah. I was just like, that's... I thought maybe they were brother and sister That's what or something. I thought, too. That's why, like, it automatically made me think of the twins from Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how it goes. Um, let's see here. Oh, okay. Then in 2015, Luca confirmed his plan to direct the remake himself, which he didn't wish to do a straightforward remake, but pay homage to the original. So, you've never seen the original. It's very different than this one. Like, mm-hmm. um, that one was known for its, like, exaggerated color palette. Like, it had a lot of neon well, colors, okay. like, pinks and purples and greens. Mm-hmm. While this one's, like, very muted. Mm-hmm. And then this is also very different because the, the, what is it? The soundtrack for that one was written by a band called Goblin. 
and they were like a progressive rock band from that time and um this one i don't know if you knew but it was composed by tom york from radiohead really yep yep like at the beginning he's actually like singing one of the songs but yeah the entire soundtrack he tried to make uh, like more about like an opera kind of feel that was something i really paid attention and loved too because normally like the blue tint is something this isn't really like a blue tint movie Mm -hmm. but it has those muted colors it kind of reminds me of like movies three through like what seven and a half of like harry potter like you know what i mean like that dark um I really liked the color palette on this movie. Yeah, me too. Because just... it had the muted colors, and then mm-hmm. you have the reds. Yes, yes. Which, anybody listening, if you haven't seen Suspiria, watch it so you understand what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they had, which I obviously we'll get into that later, but I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. And it also made things like really glimmer, like whenever it had all the mirrors, whether it was in the dance yes. studio or like in the room. I'm so excited to talk about that. Yes, I like that a lot. And also like I was just re-watching part of it and like there's just like whenever things like there's gold plates on walls and they just shine mm-hmm. so much more. Just, and I, I think, I don't think any of that stuff is on accident. No, they do it's that not. on purpose. Oh yeah. I mean, but I, unless you're like a true like movie fanatic, you're not going to pick up on it or pay attention or think anything of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about this movie and they were talking about basically how simple the original kind of is because it is like simplistic in the matter of like your character development and the relationship between all the characters. Mm -hmm. But then this one like just dives in so much more like creating the friendship or like the uh, connections between Susie and Blanc. Mm -hmm. So because like there there's a lot to unpack with what's going on there. Oh, God. Yeah. Which we will get into. (laughs) Absolutely. And last thing, apparently this is a box office failure because it was a, had a $20 million budget and still today has made less than $8 million worldwide. What? I feel like that, I feel like horror, especially in Hollywood, it just doesn't do well for some reason. Yeah. I'm always confused on the matter of if, how they like articulate what is a sale considering like it's here it's on prime video for mm-hmm. f- like not for free but basically for free well on hulu it's for free i think oh is it too? i think i think so yeah and i just wonder like what constitutes as a quote-unquote good horror movie yeah because there's some horror movies that ari aster i think that's how you say his last name yes. um you know produced that have done well mm-hmm. is it the fact that you know I just don't understand, you know, and I'm not knocking his movies. I love his movies. Mm-hmm. But what is different between Suspiria and his movies that, you know, the success rate was just is vastly different. You right. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like there's like the whole mainstream culture, like people who like horror movies. Mm-hmm. And there's like more deep cuts, like something like this, which it's funny because it, Suspiria is like a big horror name, but then a lot of people just haven't even seen the original, let alone this remake. And I thought something like this would do so much better than what it did because of its depth. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's the depth that made it not do well. Yeah. I don't know. That is true. And also, like, you watch the trailer, it's kind of hard to tell what it's about. <laughs> I can see that for sure. Yeah. It's, it's funny because in the original, it was a lot more of a mystery in a way. Okay. Like, you weren't sure if there was like something paranormal or supernatural going on but Mm -hmm. here just right at the beginning Mm -hmm. it's told to the uh, therapist Mm -hmm. so just just a different route that they took okay (laughs) yeah 
All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna dive into the plot with spoilers. The film starts in 1977 when Susie leaves her Mennonite family in Ohio and arrives in Berlin during the height of the German autumn to audition for the Marcos Dance Company. Her arrival coincides with the sudden disappearance of another dancer, Patricia, who vanished after revealing to her psychotherapist Dr. Joseph Klimper that the school's matrons are a coven of witches and who worship the three mothers, a trio of witches who roam the earth known as Mother Tenenbaum, I can't pronounce any of these. Mother Lacrimerum and Mother Suspirium. Susie befriends a wealthy classmate, Sarah Sims, while her dancing attracts attention from artistic director and choreographer, Madame Blanc. What did you think of like the opening scene whenever Chloe Grace Moretz's character is going to the doctor? Obviously, I, I, I was confused by it, but that's just because it's the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And this movie is like a very... I don't want to say it's almost like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a what the fuck just happened kind of movie. (laughs) Um, So at first I was very confused, had no clue what she was talking about. But it's one of those scenes that as you progress like into the movie, you, it clicks. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or sometimes it doesn't. Like I kind of had to like think about this movie like after Mm -hmm. I watched it for the very first time. Yeah. Did you know who the actor was that was playing the uh, doctor? No. It is, uh, geez, we just talked about her. What is the woman's name? The doctor. Mm -hmm, But what's the woman's name who plays Madame Blanc? Tilda Swinton? Yes. That's that's her. (laughs) She's wearing old man makeup. Really? Yeah. I didn't find that out until today. I did not know that. (laughs) Yep. She actually plays three okay, roles in this movie. <laughs> Who does she play? She plays Madame Blanc. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays uh, Marcos. Wow. At the end. <laughs> okay. Yep. Look at us. Yeah. It's so weird because then when I was just like rewatching it, just I could hear her voice whenever the old man was speaking. I was like, well. I can't. I, like I'm imagining his voice now and I cannot hear her whatsoever. Yeah. She's just, side note, she's just an amazing actress. Oh, yeah. Let's just... She or does she have does she go by she hers? I believe she, yes. Okay. Um Patilda's just so versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, we give actors like Johnny Depp, and I'm not knocking Johnny Depp. He is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Um everything, like not gonna get personal with that. Um, with everything, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> the <yeah>. politics. <laughs> the politics and stuff. Not ignoring that, but just the versatility <laughs> of his acting is amazing. But Tilda also deserves recognition for her versatility as well. Absolutely. Um, honestly, weirdly enough, the first role of hers that always comes to my mind is in Constantine. Really? Because yeah. mine is the... <laughs> mine is obviously Narnia. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that, honestly. I haven't seen that movie since I was little. Same. Yeah. Then uh, there's one I watched last year. It's called There's Something About Kevin, I think. Yes. Yeah, that movie. Very artsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> similar kind of realm to that but no i've found that crazy like i 
I've watched that movie. I mean, Suspiria, I watched it several times. I never realized it was her playing the old man. I didn't either. Apparently, wow. that was like a whole thing, like during shooting, like it was a rumor that she was going to be that. And they're like, no. And then it turns out it's true. Damn. So, but yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz's character is basically going insane and she's singing and kind of just battling to her doctor. Dancing, laying down mm-hmm. on the um, couches. Mm-hmm. You can tell. I mean, she's so... And after watching it and, you know, watching what happens, it makes me sympathize with her. Um, just the mental turmoil she's going through. Oh, yeah. She knows what's going... You know, she knows her fate. Right, right. Well, she says, like, they took her eyes, they took her mm-hmm. hands, and that uh, Marcos wants her body. Yeah, I'm not going to say what she said in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but she's going to basically, yeah, they yeah. want her soul. Mm-hmm. And it was just, again, I was just kind of confused at the beginning as well because I first I thought she was going to be the main girl. I didn't. Me too. Yeah. I, I saw her name and I figured she was going to be the main character. Mm-hmm. But I'm not mad at, at well, Dakota Johnson's um, performance either. Right. I'm not mad that she was the main woman. Oh, no. She did a great job. Oh, and yeah. This movie almost, it's almost as if uh, Madame Blanc is more of the main character or the witches themselves. I can see Tilda Swinton being, or Swinton, sorry, being one of the main characters, mm-hmm. but Dakota Johnson, her performance, in my opinion, stole, like, you know, the main character spot. Yeah. She did. She did do a great job, mm-hmm. which everyone like knows her from Fifty Shades of Grey. And I feel like that almost did her not a disservice, but this movie shows more of her acting in such a I don't know shows her acting in a more artistic way than yes. I think Fifty Shades. I think it gave her more you know depth as an actress Absolutely. than Fifty Shades did. But mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. Yeah, I also liked her in How to Be Single. That's a good movie. <laughs> it's a funny movie. Her and mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson. But, um, yeah, so then she comes to Berlin. She's coming from Ohio. It kind of had a flashback from her childhood. And, and we're talking about Susie, if yes. you haven't seen this. Right, yeah, we're talking about Susie. Sorry, not. Chloe Grace Moretz's character, Patricia, just kind of vanishes. She runs away from the doctor, and we kind of follow the doctor for a bit, who is, what is the word? He is... Um, widowed. He's widowed, but also he finds Patricia's journal that she left behind yes. and that shows like more into all of the wondrous thoughts she's had running through her mm-hmm. head about the witches and why she thinks that way. Kind of like a map in her brain yes. and what's going on in her hysteria and why she's behaving the way she is. Yes. And then, then we finally meet Susie who arrives at the airport and goes straight to the, uh, school or the, the dance studio. academy, right? Yeah. yeah. And she is supposed to, have an appointment but they apparently wanted to cancel it but they go ahead and let her do her audition but they won't let her do it in front of Madame Blanc because Madame Blanc is too important for it and whenever she does her own audition Madame Blanc can sense her from the other room mm-hmm. and then she ends up going in there watching what she had there's no sound or anything going on she has to perform mm-hmm. without music and it was very like an animalistic kind of dance. It was very like I'm not familiar with dancing. I'm not either. Yeah, but just like how they did, I was like, I guess this is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's important too to note the room in which she did her dance originally. Mm-hmm. That four wall mirror room. Yes. Just a room full of mirrors with 
um, a couple of the professors, I guess you would call them. Matrons might be the Matrons, matrons, that's better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like that room is important to note to the people that have seen Suspiria um, doing her dance. And yeah, I would have to agree, it's very animalistic. Mm -hmm. And just the sounds she makes, the breathy, like, in and out, Mm -hmm. very interesting. And that's like a recurring thing. And another funny thing compared to the original Suspiria it still takes place like at a dance academy, but mm-hmm. there's no dancing in that movie. Really? There's the one time the main character tries to dance and she passes out. Okay. So, um, we also mate meet <laughs> Sarah that evening. She's a classmate along with Susie and they kind of form this friendship and she's like, I don't know. She doesn't seem like she has any like underlying intentions or anything. She seems like an innocent character. I was very surprised at that because normally in movies, you think of like Black Swan, for example, mm-hmm. um, with Natalie Portman. Very good movie too. Um, but you think of movies with a ballet school that there's going to be that cutthroat attitude towards the girls. You know, friendship isn't really. It's you know, eat or be eaten mm-hmm. in environments like that. And I was very surprised at her character. Yes. At how sweet and accepting the girls were of Susie. Mm-hmm. That pleasantly surprised me. Yes, I agree with that. And I was also figured like there would be some kind of turmoil because, or not even just turmoil, but maybe she was like on the witch's side because the witches are talking about Sarah being, taking Patricia's place. Mm-hmm. I just remembered that watching the movie. And I didn't know if maybe she knew there were witches or if she like, was just lying to Susie, just trying to gain her trust or whatever. But like you said, she wasn't actually problematic at all. Mm -hmm. Um, The next day during rehearsal, Patricia's friend Olga accuses the matrons of being responsible for Patricia's disappearance as well as practicing witchcraft. And if you've seen Suspiria, you know that at this moment she's dancing and she's getting sick. Yes. She's like getting physically ill from doing this dance, which Mm -hmm. we'll get into later. Right. Then Susie goes to dance after um, Olga leaves the room and she's trying to leave the entire studio and she just starts crying like she can't even see like she's crying so Yeah, hard. she's going down. I thought that was so weird how she was going down the steps crying and mm-hmm. then those girls asked her if she was okay and then start laughing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so weird yeah. because I didn't feel like that made any sense, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've seen this movie at least four times mm-hmm. and I still don't understand what the point of that was, that whole interaction. Yes. Um, but I feel like it's also important to note that she... Or that Madame Blanc gave Susie the opportunity to dance. Right. And, you know, she said that they've practiced this for a year. Mm -hmm. You can't just waltz in here, basically, and do this dance. And she was like, I've seen it four times. Or I've I've traveled and seen it. And I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Yes. And for Susie, like, coming from Ohio and everything. And Mm -hmm. then she's so familiar with this culture. And, like... They were a Mennonite family. They probably weren't going to like these dances on I don't their own think, or anything like that. I don't, I'm not familiar with the Mennonite um, religion, mm-hmm. but I don't think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, anybody listening, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think that they did things like that. I don't think they danced or wore jewelry or dresses, you know, mm-hmm. above their knees or it was had to be like ankle length, I think. Right. And you look into Susie's family and see how strict of a 
you know, religiously faith-based family they were, how much she sacrificed to go see Madame Blanc's performance. Because she said she traveled to New York. Right. On foot, too. Yeah, there's a lot like of foreshadowing in her character yes. in herself, which we'll get into later as well. And backtracking to um, Olga crying, mm-hmm. like it almost takes the backstory since it's unexplained. But as I was saying, Mother of Tears is one of the yeah. three mothers, so that was kind of like a sign mm-hmm. of her presence. Which I'm honestly kind of confused on if the other two mothers are there or not okay. because no one. They think Marcos essentially is uh, Mother Suspiria, but mm-hmm. it's not like determined. And mm-hmm. for what they're trying to do, like they're going off spells that they said they've actually never done before and that they haven't worked yet. Very experimental. Yes. So, but no, I like that about Olga. Like, or with the Mother of Tears reference that was still happening. Because this movie almost bundles up the three, like mothers and the stories of Inferno and Mother of Tears. Um,. But back to the story, whenever Olga is leaving and she's crying, like, where she cannot even see, she wanders into another all-mirrored room. I think it was the same one that she practiced in. It was the same room, yeah. And meanwhile, upstairs, Susie grew, what is the word? She grew exhausted just from trying to dance. And Mother Blanc, Madame Blanc, I'm sorry, like, puts her hands to her feet and you see kind of a glow, like a transfer. She puts it on her wrist. Mm-hmm. And on her knees, I believe, and on her feet, okay, on yes. her ankles. Mm-hmm. I think it was three places. And you do see, like, the fingerprint glow. Mm-hmm. And as she was dancing, um, Olga was progressively growing more and more tired. It was almost like she was sucking away her energy. Yes. Is how I took it. Yes. And as, like, with every twist and turn that Susie's doing, Olga's, like, insides are being rearranged. Like, her yeah. bones are pulping so out of her face. So, as she's doing the dance, she's literally hurting Olga. Which, that... Can we just talk about that scene for a second? Yes. <laughs> I think that was the turning point for me. Because with movies, when I'm watching a new movie, I'm very picky. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like Suspiria so much. is because it just grabbed my attention. And this scene is what did it for me. Yeah, I was very early in the movie. Yes, and I liked that. I mm-hmm. liked how gory it was. I loved how graphic. And just, I thought that was just... I don't want to say a beautiful scene. But I thought that scene was very, very well done. Mm-hmm. It was shot very well. And like even just the comparison of theme. Like in one room you see... Susie's character dancing like so beautifully mm-hmm. and then literally I don't know if it's a floor down or whatever Olga's character is just being ripped apart <laughs> by Susie yeah without Susie no idea her. yes exactly um after Susie's dance she becomes physically like exhausted and she has to leave the room as well but then later the matrons find the mangled Olga and drag her away with large hooks they informally elect mother Helena Marcos an aging witch who has long ruled the coven over Blanc as leader. They conspire to use Susie as a host body for Marcos, which Miss Griffith, a sheepish matron that night at their dinner, kills herself. And I was kind of confused on why Miss Griffith even did this, because we weren't even like familiar with her character or anything. We weren't. We really didn't get to know her. Yeah. There was like a big theme in this movie is gener- generational divide. Mm-hmm. So they say how Marcos is like the oldest of them. And Blanc is, like, kind of the middle ground. So, like, Blanc didn't even take the uh, 
decision that to not be the leader like harshly like she was in support of whatever happens but she kind of voices her opinions on like what happened mm-hmm. with Patricia because essentially at this point you kind of see like Patricia didn't just run away to join the army like that they're telling the other students that she did mm-hmm. that she's actually suffering at some kind of witchcraft mm-hmm. so um what did I just I just lost myself yeah, but Miss Griffith just kills herself, and I'm guessing maybe it was because Marcos got elected. I'm really not sure if it's because like their aging is something like that's playing a role in like how they're all acting. Because there's different levels too to like the coven, where you see like someone who's as serious as um, Blanc, and then what is the other the other ladies whose names I forget, but like. They'll be more silly and charismatic and funny. Yes. You see see that at the dinner scene, too. Yes. The kind of divide there. I took Miss Griffith's suicide as she couldn't handle the... What's the word I'm looking for? Almost like she just couldn't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. I took it as she knew what was going to happen with the girls. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, why they were doing what they were doing at the dance school and it like it that just got to her yes. and she f- just couldn't handle it anymore that's how i took her suicide yeah I, that makes sense to me too um i like those scenes too like anytime they're having their dinners or whatever it's always like a very long shot sometimes yes. zooming in or zooming out which are like kind of practice mm-hmm. shots like from the 70s as well but they um a lot of the time like the girls will see them or be hearing them from another room and they're like acting like they're talking about something, but they're mm-hmm. actually talking about like which matters. Yeah. So by this point, like it's very out in the open, like they are, which is like at least to the viewer, while the rest of the girls in the classes don't even know. Yeah, because we see the, you know, the them hooking Olga mm-hmm. and dragging her behind the mirrors. Yes. And also, I thought it was interesting their use of French and German interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, all the political things going on at the time with the German, was it German Autumn? But with the Berlin Wall and just everything mm-hmm. going on, which that wasn't present in the original movie at all. Like, that was something he chose to do, the new director, uh, Luca. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Open night. I lost my place for a second. No, you're like fine. I was going to say something. Hmm. Well, let's get back to it. <laughs> Susie quickly climbs the ranks as Blank's protege, earning her role in the lead of Volk, a much-anticipated performance. Meanwhile, Klimper becomes suspicious of the matrons and seeks Sarah's cooperation to look at Patricia's journals. Sarah discovers a concealed corridor leading to the Mutter House, an inner sanctum where the coven holds the rituals. Um, him, I liked... Klimper, like, he also seemed like he would have just been an annoying character, just the old man, the doctor, the therapist. Mm-hmm. But just, he he was genuinely trying to help Patricia and find out like, what she was like going through. I did like his character a lot. And then in this point in the movie, you know, we kind of learn more a bit, you know, we learn more about him, mm-hmm. his backstory. You know, he had a wife and right. a family. Um, that was unfortunately taken by the soldiers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they got separated. Yeah. Um, he thought she had made her way to London, I think is what he was in his mind, but like he had no way to find her just yeah. due to the time period and everything. You know, cell phones weren't a thing back then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah, I liked his character and just mm-hmm. the genuine wanting to help. Like he went to mm-hmm. the cops and eventually they checked it out and then they were there for I think a day. Oh, I yes, and they of course knew something was happening. The 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 women knew what was up because yes. they were messing with the cops. Mm-hmm. You know, like yes. oh, that was that was so crazy. Yeah, the witches allowed the cops in and then it was like the next day, whenever Susie and Sarah wanted to go uh, try to find Patricia and Olga's files, mm-hmm. and that's whenever they um, uh, they were snooping around. And then Susie hears laughing from the other room, and she like kind of bends down and can see through like uh, the other side of a bookshelf, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And they're playing with the man who is like in some hypnotic state. Yeah, they're yeah. yeah with they're, the hooks. Yes. They're playing <laughs> they're playing with his undergarments. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, that's so odd. But that also is kind of showing the uh, tears, like like I was saying, like the some of the other witches they're just more like chaotic and they're funny well, whenever behind closed really doors. Really affirming the fact that they're witches and how powerful they are. And right. how smart and clever they are. You know, they know better. Yes. Um and at this point Sarah is becoming, I would say she's becoming increasingly suspicious of the women too, the matrons, mm-hmm. because of Patricia's disappearance. Right. And um, the doctor reaching out to Sarah and her hesitancy with it, um, and then seeing this, you know, her willingness to help participate in finding her. Mm-hmm. I find that I found that really interesting. Yes, I like that a lot. But whenever the doctor does. He arrives to the school after, I believe, he went to the cops because the cops did safely get to go back to, like, their precinct eventually. And they just can't remember anything happening. They just mm-hmm. say, like, everything's fine. And um, eventually the doctor goes to the school himself and he comes across uh, Sarah. And then Sarah goes out to eat with him and she just is in denial about yeah. all of it. And then it isn't until later she goes into that room and discovers mm-hmm. the room behind the mirror, which... She uh, sees, like, all these paintings and artifacts, and she eventually takes one of the hooks out of there because she can hear them from the other room, and she takes it to the doctor kind of as proof and asks him to hold on to it. But I don't know if, like, hooks are, like, a thing in witchcraft. (laughs) I'm not really familiar, Mm -hmm. but I just found, like, just that choice because they carry things with it. And it's also just involved in the rituals. Like they picked up Olga's body with mm-hmm. four different hooks and carried her kind of like, I don't know, a carcass or a cattle. <laughs> right. But um, let's see here. After Sarah discovered the inner sanctum and she goes into the doctor who's trying to find Patricia's disappearance, we go to the opening night of the Valk, which Sarah returns to the sanctum and she is goes back into the hidden room and she finds a decaying and withered Patricia or Chloe. Yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz character. And she was almost like unrecognizable by that point. Oh yeah. I think there was, yeah, I think there was a, like another girl who also crawled out from under that space. I think that was Olga, wasn't it? Oh, it might've been. They were both just so like unrecognizable by that point. Mm -hmm. But whenever she is trying to run away, she, there's a hole that opens up into the floor. There's two holes and it like breaks her legs. Like you see the bones yes. snap out. That was definitely one of the more gory scenes going on in this movie. It's like we were talking about that one scene earlier. Otherwise, this would almost be like a 
very moody thriller. I would say more psychological thriller. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I think it's important to know, too, Susie's character development at at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, her taking on this role of the main dancer of Volk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, here or at this point in the movie we see we get to learn more about Susie through her dreams yes because she has flashbacks of her um mother who you know if you've seen this movie you know that her mother is dying right in, in the beginning of this film mm-hmm. she's like on her deathbed they're taking care of her mom um but she we learn more about her and her background as, you know, a young girl from a Mennonite family through her dreams. And I think that goes back to earlier saying how important it is to note that and she still sacrificed getting in trouble, you know, especially in a Mennonite family. I mean, the rules or the consequences for breaking the rules were so severe, Mm -hmm. especially back then. But leaving and going to see, you know, this dance in New York of all places Mm -hmm. um just how important that is and how I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but you learn more about Sarah right or sorry Susie more about Susie right (laughs) you know via her dreams Mm -hmm. at this point I think your mother died when she was little isn't that right though because we like see her or she's young she's like drawing a Berlin Mm -hmm. And so, like, ever since she was little, she had, for some reason, she had the thought of going to Berlin. But one on the deathbed, her mother says something along the lines of, like, she's my greatest sin or something like that. I thought she was dying because in the beginning of the movie, you see them taking care of that woman in the bed. And they're all grown up. So, okay, I thought that was just, a, like, a flashback, but I guess I, I could be wrong. I might be wrong, so I don't know. Yeah. I just thought that she had died when she was young, or but either way, clearly there was something like between the mother and uh, Susie mm-hmm. that created this turmoil. Yeah. But and at this point, I think the movie really shows that inner turmoil that she feels almost a like guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's before the Volk when Madame Blanc is talking to Susie, yes. and she tells her like, "You must." what is it like lose your love for your fraudulent mother something along those lines Mm -hmm. she's like i'm your mother now yes which it was kind of hard to read their relationship because i honestly couldn't tell if uh blanc was like more romantically interested in her i took that as so i was very interested in that point or i was very interested at that exchange Mm -hmm. um where they're like sitting there and she's smoking her rolled cigarettes and she's asking her those very personal questions. Oh, yeah. Um, I almost took it as a romantic encounter. Mm-hmm. But the more I watch it, I personally don't think of it as a romantic encounter. I I think it's, you know, because witchcraft in and of itself is a very matron um, religion. It's all about the woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that encounter really kind of strengthened their bond and Madame Blanc knew Susie was um, powerful Mm -hmm. and could carry out this dance and this performance that she needed her to carry out. To me, that's what that conversation kind of signified. Yeah. Was the turning point in their relationship. Mm -hmm. 
her admiration and like infatuation that she infatuation had, yeah, yeah from the get-go and mm-hmm. it just kind of grew from there and like formed this trust which again the entire movie like Madame Blanc who is kind of designed to be the villain hasn't been the villain she's actually been like the most carefree of all the witches like, she's been very help helpful with the girl like taking she's been very nurturing mm-hmm. you see that motherly side of her especially you know going back to the beginning when they get sick mm-hmm. you know she's or when the girls are crying oh yeah she goes and like nurtures the girls or she holds Susie and she holds her close you know that very motherly hold behind her head and hugging her close yes. and then she's like take her upstairs show her to her room and or when she walks into the studio and kisses each of the girls. Yes. You know, she uh-huh. really in, embodies that motherly figure towards the girls. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with all the um, girls is very interesting to me. And not just hers, but I guess all the witches where I'm kind of curious, like, are they specifically just like nurturing just because they're a selfish gro- game. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. grooming them. That's what I'm curious. That's about. what I was kind of. That's how I took it. Yeah, it just it almost seems like Blanc truly cares, but again, all the other witches are so like conniving, and they yes. they seem to enjoy it while she's just like, this is something that has to be done. I think that I and we see that especially at the end, which we'll get there. Right. <laughs> um, but I I can see that especially at the one you know the ending scene or one of the ending scenes. Right. Right. But um, during the performance of Valk, they actually, after, um, what is her name? Sarah. After Sarah's legs are broken, they come to her and they just wave their hands over her wounds. And it's almost like they're still broken, but new skin has formed over. Mm-hmm. And I believe they do the same like with her mouth and her face, which her eyes go to a different color. And they put her into the uh, costume to join the dance. And she joins like midway through. Yes. Which the doctor is in the audience at that point, and he like can tell that she's different just by the color of her eyes and the look on her face. He can tell that something. Oh, not you can okay. tell she is not right. Oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Even even if you didn't know what she looked like before, it's just like there's something yeah. wrong here. That was such a. You know how I don't know if you get secondhand embarrassment from movies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily secondhand embarrassment, but it was one of those scenes I was like kind of cringing at because I'm like she looks bad. Right. You know? Yeah. It, one thing that is interesting to think about during the performance like of the Valk with the whole audience there is like all the political background that was going on at that time mm-hmm. and people are taking the time to go to a dance. I don't know. It's just interesting. Like literally they were in the same building a couple nights or nights before and there was a bomb down the street yeah. at the bank. But people were like going to these gatherings. It's just interesting. I, like I'm sure it still happened like in mm-hmm. reality, but it's just... Well, it was their entertainment. Yeah, exactly. It was their escape. But mm-hmm. it's just like, hmm. Like, that political uh, background that was going on during the movie, sometimes I kind of forgot. Like, especially towards the end. Absolutely. Because it was very present in the beginning, especially with the accusations towards Patricia. But otherwise, I was just, was like, oh yeah, that's happening still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but whenever um, Sarah re-enters the dance, she eventually collapses in pain, which the doctor immediately, like, sees that he makes eye contact with her and then with Susie. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like the dance is canceled from then on and the witches, they kind of like panic. Like that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, I don't know if their spell just wasn't lasting or it's because like the presence of something else was there. Mm -hmm. But I just found that part like, 
don't know. I just, it was all shot very well. It was a very dramatic scene with all the dancing, yes, the lighting, the costume. The cost- yes, in the red. Yes. Which we <laughs> talked about earlier with it being a muted mu- movie, mm-hmm. color palette wise. And then you, because the girls are wearing, I mean, for the people that have seen the movie, they're wearing this like, I didn't even know how to describe it, but they're wearing these like two piece red costumes that cover you know their top and bottom half Mm -hmm. and then the white on their arms Mm -hmm. and then the makeup yes i like the makeup which you said earlier you mentioned animalistic and i felt like that really encompassed the quote-unquote animalistic aspect of it Mm -hmm. um and the dance itself was very um what's the shoot i'm forgetting the word but it wasn't what you would think of as a typical ballet. Right. Right? Like, not the pretty, graceful, twirly ballet. It was very rigid and hard and had this ritualistic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It almost... I mean, it, they were literally doing a ritual. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it, not like... Uh, I wouldn't think this sounds insensitive, but it's almost like a tribal kind of dance, but like ritualistic, like yes, mm-hmm. that's a really good way to put it. Which there are like points on the ground as we also saw it was drawn in patricia's journal yes in the circle with the star Mm -hmm. not a pentacle but something of the sort very spiritual Mm -hmm. you can tell it wasn't just a regular dance Mm -hmm. you know it was it was very purposeful movement caused to or made to do something right and throughout the movie they Again, they hinted that Sarah might be the one they wanted Marcos to have, but then clearly Susie has become like their like main focus. Their protege, for yeah. sure. But they kept saying, or Blanc kept saying how she's probably she's not ready, and she didn't want mm-hmm. what happened to Patricia to happen to her. Which goes back to what you were saying about how she. It's almost like she cares about the girls, which mm-hmm. I think in some aspect Madame Blanc does. Right. Um, because again, the more their relationship forms and their bond forms, the more she really cares about her. She Mm -hmm. cares about Susie. Yes. Because she knows better, you know, she knows what the dance is supposed to do. Right. Yeah. And she's like, we've said, like not taking joy in like the pain. She's just making it get done. Yeah. But after that, which is kind of funny, like it transitions from that intense scene to a celebratory meal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you, Sarah, I don't even, I don't know what they told to the other girls, like what happened to Sarah, mm-hmm. but we just Sarah's gone, and then all the girls and the witches themselves are like out to dinner. Yes. And they're just like oh, at a long table. Which is important too, because, or to me it was important, because you were mentioning the dinner table with the witches or the matrons mm-hmm. how it was that long dinner table and then they're in this restaurant at the long dinner table and of course madame blanc is the head of the table and Susie was at the other end right and she, both she, at the head and they were just staring at each other yes. like and at this point it's we Susie doesn't necessarily say like she thinks they're witches or anything she she's been pretty quiet most of the movie like, that's why I also said like it almost feels like the witches are the more of the main character, which Dakota Johnson does do a great job. But just watching her reactions, the things, it's almost like she's just analyzing everything that's happened. Absolutely, she's just taking it in and like she's not accusing anyone. She's not sneaking mm-hmm. around. She's she's not sneaking around like Sarah is. 
Which is just but we both know the ending, so I think yes. <laughs> once we get there, I'm I'm gonna explain why I think she had that body language with Madame Blanc. Right, right. She kind of knows what's up. Right, exactly. So while dining out with the matrons to celebrate, all the dancers are put into a trance except Susie. Klimper disposes of the hook and Patricia's belongings in East Germany, where he encounters Anke, his wife, who he thought was missing. So, yeah, Klimper went to his little old country home, mm-hmm. and he gets there, and his missing wife is there, which she doesn't look that old. She's, no, she does like, not. She's not aged, so you're just like, this is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I didn't know until I was researching more about this movie, that woman who played Anka, which I think I'm saying that right, is the same woman who played Susie in the original. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's cool. actually, she looks good for her age. She, she looks great. <laughs> yeah. But I just like that they actually got her included. I believe her name is Jessica Harper. I think that's right. But, yeah. Um, Shout out to you, Jessica. <laughs> they, uh, they're just talking about what happened, and he's just so happy. He just looks so happy. And you want it to be true. Yeah. And then he's just like, they're walking. They walk mm-hmm. so far, and it's like... I think it's snowing at that time. It's just freezing oh gosh, cold outside. Yes. And he, he doesn't care. He's just happy. He's that, so elated. Yeah, he's seeing his missing wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's right in front of the school. She goes out of the camera frame and he turns and then she's just gone. And then the cackling witches run out <laughs> and grab him and bring him inside. Mm-hmm. Which then at that point, I just assumed that they just killed him. Mm-hmm. But um, from there on... There, I believe there's another conversation between uh, Blanc and Susie where they actually just are front about everything that's going on. And she like they talk more about love and like trust and ask if she's ready. And if she's not ready, she doesn't have to do this. And then they actually go downstairs into the corridor that Sarah had come across before. Or she walked into the uh, sanctum, but then there's... A whole another room behind there where a ritual is already started what did you think like whenever they first opened the doors and you just see like all the girls who are in their trance like bowing up and down dancing and that was so intense for me mm-hmm. but in such a great way like because first off i was my emotions i felt like were so played with up until that point because then you have you have the vault performance right mm-hmm. you have sarah you know, breaking her legs and then it doesn't, you know, the ritual is ended early and then Klimper, is that correct? Is that right? Klimper. Um, yeah. The doctor. Yes. <laughs> seeing his wife and you knew that wasn't his wife. Right. You know, Again. but, and you were rooting for him. Yeah. And then just to have him, you know, being, I think, are you sure they took him? Did they take him in or didn't they bonk him upside the head? They they might have hit him like, inside. Might have hit him or something. Made him like they like knocked him out or something. Right. I just I all I could recall is them going mm-hmm. inside with him. So I just again. And then those the girls. I mean, I can't really describe. I can't put into words the scene, the dance. You know, in that scene, but it was just, in my opinion, it was very palpable. Mm-hmm. Just the energy that they were exuding from the dance and the build-up to that point mm-hmm. and then walking in and seeing that you know it almost felt climatic to me right it was very much a build-up and 
that scene is very comparable to one of the scenes in Lords of Salem. If you yes, watch that movie, I've seen that movie. Like just the chaos that's going yes. on, like chaotic. That's a good. That's a good word. Oh yes, very much. Um, then we finally get to see Marcos for the first time, Ew. aside from her wrinkly <laughs> hand, like touching Ew. the floorboard and, or in the painting. Yes, all of the hands on her and like the ring, like the it literally. She just had skin upon skin upon skin, which I take that as all like the victims of the girls. Yes, yes. Um, she kind of looks like the office window lady from Monsters Inc. Why was I gonna say that? <laughs> I think her name is. Uh, Za, I think that's what it is. Really? I think it's Z-A. I don't, I don't know. Let me look that up because that's going to bother me. Right. But, yes. yes. She gave me that impression too. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, between the hair and like she has like these like goggle-like glasses kind of on. But, um, and that was also uh, Tilda Swinton playing that character just under that heavy amount of makeup. Ugh. Which is crazy because like. I have to like rewatch that scene now, knowing that just because um they're talking to each other, Mom yeah. Blanc and Marcos. I'm so stupid. It's not Zaw. It's literally Roz. <laughs> there oh was a gosh. Z in it. <laughs> I was about to say you just kind of went dyslexic and forgot <laughs> one of the letters. <laughs> that's but okay. yes, Zaw. This <laughs> lady. <laughs> yes, that's I mean me. I see it though. Oh yeah, just like even <laughs> wrinklier, I guess. <laughs> that's so funny because I was literally thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, even with all the chaos that was going on, like, it was very pretty scene. Like, it was very yellow, brown, still staying with, like, that muted tone mm-hmm. color that had been present throughout the movie. But just, like, the air. You could, like, see the air. It was just... Yes. It was almost like a cave down in the ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything was red. Right. Well, after... That was a bit after because Blanc is talking to Marcos... And they're just, Blanc is essentially like wanting to pull out. She doesn't think that um, Susie's ready for it. And that's where, you know, tying in our conversation from much earlier, saying, you know, I think she really did care about the girls. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was she didn't think Susie was ready because we both know, you know, at the very end who Susie actually was. Right. I think she saw, because at this point, there was so much like death and destruction because mm-hmm. the girls were starting to bleed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which we should probably talk about that really quick before. So how did they, I, you're going to have to remind me, but how did they start bleeding again? Um, well, was it whenever it was after it turned red, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I believe the red comes in whenever Blanc is talking to Marcos and Marcos almost decapitates Blanc. Yes. Like, Blanc's head is hanging on by a thread, essentially. Literally. Yes. And it is very, very graphic, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, once that happens, Susie just kind of loses it, <laughs> like, emotionally. Well, it, it unlocks yeah. her. It unlocks who she really is. Right. But, so when that happened, she, or Madame Blanc, I felt like wanted to end the ritual because Mm -hmm. she saw how much it was hurting the girls Mm -hmm. and how much their human bodies physically couldn't handle the dance right and the ritual she it was literally tearing them apart Mm -hmm. and that's where i felt like madame blanc kind of diff like differed from or differentiated words 
Mm-hmm. But how she was different from the other matrons. Yes. There was that, again, that nurturing part of her came out at the very end. Yes. But Madame Blanc, or sorry, uh, Madame Markov. Marcos. Marcos. Yes. Um, the slug woman. Right. Sorry. The slug woman. No, you're fine. Um, you know, she was like, no, you will, you will do this. Yes. The time is now. Well, because they did, you know, they had everything. They've already sacrificed so much. Mm-hmm. So in human lives. Right. Even aside from Blanc caring about the girls, I'm almost like have the thought that she just knew something was going to go wrong. Like just because she had that connect just yeah, that like yes with the dance going wrong, but also just like the connection she had with um Susie. Mm-hmm. Like just previously getting them at the dinner table just staring at each other from afar. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe she was suspicious at that point. Mm-hmm. So but after Blanc is almost decapitated. Marcos is telling Susie to come closer and that to let her have her. And whenever she does, that's when everything turns red. And it is revealed that Susie's actual mother, Suspiria, or Suspiriorium. Suspiriorium. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very hard to say. But um, yes, and everything just goes red. Like everyone knows that something's wrong. The girls are still in the trance doing their dance. We see Patricia, Olga, and Sarah are in the middle of the room. Yes. They're in their trance as well. They're like corpse-like at this point. Exactly. Um, all of the other matrons and witches just start crying. Yes. Which, that reminded me of Midsommar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very that much. That parallel. Right. This movie is very, like, close to elevated horror in a matter. Mm-hmm. Like, Midsummer and Hereditary and stuff. It's like half that and half... Well... It's almost misery porn in a way, like okay. where it's just like extensive like sadness and grieving and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's not as bad as something like The Lodge, where it's just like in your face. Because there wasn't like there was like the missing friend, there was the war, yes. or the Cold War, and everything going on. But it wasn't just like in your face about it. But I'm getting more uh, cinematically beautiful. Right, right. Um, whenever it is revealed that she is. Mother Suspiria, like, she actually, like, takes her hands to her chest and it... Opens up her... Yeah. It's a vulva? Was that it? Was it? It's essentially a vagina. Okay. It's a vagina with teeth. Nice. <laughs> and she summons uh, the darkness or death, which is this crazy creature that just starts making the half of the witches explode. Yes. Which and was that's, just when it, that's when it gets bloody. Yes. Yes. It is like over the that top. That was such a great, that whole scene in and of itself was so sick. Cause can we just talk about Dakota Johnson for a second <laughs> in that scene? Oh my God. She, she cut her hair, mm-hmm. which is really important, especially, especially in witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Cutting her hair signifies transitions for a lot of witches. She starts off with that long, gorgeous red hair, yeah. cuts it, and then her outfit was so flowy and beautiful. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, I love Dakota! It. Yeah, she looks so she looked so gorgeous. She did. She looked great. She looked ethereal. Mm-hmm. And with that red lighting too, like gorgeous. I didn't even realize like what was on her chest until mm-hmm. recently when I was just looking. Because you're at looking this at stuff. her face, or like looking at Dakota, you're like looking paying attention her, to her. Uh, her eyes. Uh-huh, her eyes. <laughs> yes, okay, the eyes looking. on her chest, Tyler. <laughs> yes. But I just like, that was my phone background for quite some time. It's so funny because that I never knew it. Because it's so cinematically 
pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's this late, like these girls are literally withering away their human bodies mm-hmm. to carry out this ritual. And then here comes Dakota, who is almost angelic, mm-hmm. just waltzing out. And then these, it's like the evil is exploding. Right. And she comes out in this gorgeous white dress just floating and then the and then the camera work it kind of like does this weird movement i feel like oh yes um i forget what that kind of style is called but everything's just like hazy and like yeah. you, and you see motion like motion kinda is reminds flowing. me of um that um the lights that they have at haunted houses Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The flashy the white strobe light. Lights. The strobe light. That strobe, yeah. Yes. But it's like it's like a continuous strobe light in a mm-hmm. way. Like I said, like you can see the motion. Like you see their arm move, but their see arm her. is still following it. Yes. Like hallucinogenic, mm-hmm. almost. It's important that like they're going around. The ones, not every witch is being killed. It's only the ones that voted for Marcos to be yes. leader. So all the ones that loved Blanc or chose to vote for Blanc are getting to live. Mm-hmm. And then um, Susie, who is Mother Susperiorium, goes and she approaches Olga and Sarah and Patricia and she asks them what they want and they all just choose death and she just touches them so and they gorgeous. just they just like politely lay down so and die. So peaceful. Yes. You know, they didn't have this horrible ending of exploding. Mm-hmm. She just gracefully touches them. Mm-hmm. And that's where that motherly theme i feel like of this movie really comes into play is dakota right um just her ambiance and her performance of because she literally cradles sarah right and then because i believe sarah's in the middle mm-hmm. and she cradles her and just mourns her death mm-hmm. for a second that was her friend <laughs> well but it was Susie's friend but mother suspiria or mother suspiriorum right that her gentle nature, you know, it's not like the other witches. You mm-hmm. really see her nature. Mm-hmm. And it's this good nature, I feel like, in right. my opinion. Um, of just whisking these girls into death because they've already suffered so much by these other witches. She's putting an end to what they caused these poor innocent girls to go through. Right. And I find it like... Not funny, but poetic in a way, if you will. Uh, I was trying to figure out whenever I heard the definitions of each of the mothers, like their names, Mm -hmm. and hers is mother of size, like relief. And that kind of makes sense now. Like she's letting them be relieved of what they've like had to go through. Mm -hmm. So um, I also forgot to mention through this entire thing that Dr. Klimperer is there. He's alive, but he's kind of in a cradled state like... Very fragile. Yeah, he's he had to be the witness that they had mentioned before, so they Which, chose him. Oh, I couldn't, couldn't even imagine. Yeah, and again, that's Tilda Swinton <laughs> mm. playing an she old young, so na- an old young, an old naked man. Yeah, but, like, I really thought that was a man. Like they did a great job with the makeup and everything mm-hmm. there, and she did. A Whoever great job. rated this movie deserves to be fired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or rated it, or like, like, not rated, but. Well, the review. Like, oh, okay. rated it from, you know, one star to five stars. I got you. I got you. I'm sorry. I was just like, what? <laughs> We're rating it. <laughs> no. But, so, yeah, there's that great chaotic scene that just kind of made the movie for me the first time I watched it. And as mm-hmm. we kind of talked about, there's a lot of... 
symbolism. What, there's that, but I was also just going to say, we talked about earlier about what did I just watch? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I don't know what I just watched exactly, but I but really it liked beautiful. it. Yeah, <laughs> it was chaotically beautiful. Yeah, I was just like, I just need to like figure out what I watched. But either way, I, I remember it. how that made me feel too. Like I could talk about the scene. How like how long have we talked about this? That's so funny. Almost an hour. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but I just remember how that scene made me feel. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember it viscerally how it made me feel when I first watched that. And I just remember when she said like, what, like, what do you want my child? And they say, I want to die. And she says like something along the, along the lines of like, okay, then like death you shall have and like cradles them to sleep. Right. That just for some reason stuck with me Mm -hmm. because it was so beautiful. I mean, she really just Dakota girl. (laughs) Yeah. You did amazing, sweetie. Right. There's not enough, like, recognition for her in no. this movie or this movie. And that's why earlier I said, like, it's almost a shame that not knocking, like, the books of Fifty Shades of Grey. But, like, I wish she wasn't known for, oh, that actress in Fifty Shades. Like, no. She should be known more for this film. Right. But this movie, it was shot and first released in uh, Italy, I believe. I think it was Italy. But... It's just, it's a shame. Like, that movie, it didn't even go to theaters really here, or at least it wasn't a no, major release. No. Like I said, it was, it's an Amazon Prime original. Like, mm-hmm. it's their studio, so it just went straight there. And just, I don't know, it's a shame, because th- it's a great remake. It's a great take on it. But uh, we're getting a little, I'm getting derailed, because the movie doesn't end there. I was, gonna, I was, like, looking at your computer, and I was just like, I'm going to finish the paragraph. My bad. <laughs> no, you're fine. But uh, Klimper is released in a confused state, which um, one of the other witches discovers Blanc is alive, even though her head is hanging on. Like, we see yes. her eyes move, and, like, I think we hear a little, like, come from her mouth. And she also just starts screaming. Um, eventually, Klimper makes it all the way back home, and Mother Suspiria, I'm just going to call her that just to avoid... Suspiriorium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to avoid that. But um, he, she visits him... Even in that state, which I don't think it's not necessarily a caretaker, because maybe it's just a nanny. I think it is a caretaker, okay. or it's something, or it's one of her or one of his workers at his firm. Right. right. Not firm. Like uh, he's a lawyer, but right, at his right. like psychiatric place of yes. work. She is like, you can't be here, and then Mother Suspiria just waves her away. Yeah. Which is not not to hurt her. Like, she just walks away. Nothing Mm -hmm. bad happens to her at all. Yeah, she's not disregarding her. Mm -hmm. So, Mother Suspiria just sits down and apologizes for everything that he's been through. And she reveals what happened to his wife. Wait, that scene hurt me. Yeah, that was that was that was upsetting to hear because mm-hmm. you wanted some kind of happiness for for him. Yeah, and then for doing all he did for the girls and investigating mm-hmm. it and putting his life basically on the line. I mean, he almost got killed. He was so frail and mm-hmm. witnessing something so horrific and outworldly. Right. I mean, especially at this time period, you know, your whole world is in shambles. There's bombings left and right. Mm-hmm. You're at war, and then you have this young woman coming to you begging for help and there's nothing you can do until you start investigating right then you realize you're literally dealing with the coven of witches who are exploding in front of you like (laughs) and seeing your wife after Mm -hmm. all these years of not seeing her like what kind of emotional turmoil yeah that'd just be like 
the worst week. <laughs> I would literally have to give up if I were him. Yeah. At, especially at that age he was at. That's what I was going to say too. Just I'd like have to just politely give up. Any age dealing with that, but plainly being like as old as he was. Yeah. Like, oh. I'd have to politely pass away, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then after she reveals what happened to his wife, like he's upset oh. and she takes away the memory of what happened. Yes. Which, again, is a relief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the sigh, if you will. But she also, I think, doesn't she say that she was so cold by the time she died, she didn't really feel any pain? Yes, and the last thing she thought about was a specific memory that they had together. Their first date. Yes, that's what oh it was. Oh my god. Ugh. That is what it was. So sad. But um, before that, after racing memories, um, he does have a seizure. I forgot mm-hmm. about that part. I don't. Did we, does it show like if he's okay after that? I mean. I took it as he died. Okay. Yeah. So that sucks. <laughs> but I could be wrong. But yeah. I personally took it as he died because, and I still can't figure out if he died or not. Mm-hmm. The only reason I took it as he died is just because of literally her touch. And I mean, obviously the girl said like, I want to die. And she like touched them and they died. Oh yeah. But she took the memory away and he had the seizure Maybe, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe he didn't die. Maybe that was him physically reacting to her taking his memory away. Yes. Uh, it could be either or. Like, you'd assume, like you said, just because it's at the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. The movie kind of just ends there, except... Uh, I, do we see her back at the uh, dance studio? I don't like, isn't, See, I, I was trying to... Part of me thinks that she does go back but she's not gonna just take over from Madame Blanc do and I don't recall what happened to Madame Blanc after they realized that she's still alive Mm. so that's just kind of drawn a blank in my memory at least there's a post-credit scene which Susie's in the streets of Berlin at night and she stares at something like dispassionately before reaching out her hand and smiles and walks away so I guess that was kind of like just an open invitation like for the viewer in a matter. Mm-hmm. So cause I guess maybe now she is going to take over for uh, the studio or just for being one of the mothers now. Well, now she has this body, this human body for, you know, Suspiriorium. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the end of the movie. We got to see the initials that was on the tree for the doctor and his wife. Yes. So that was like a nice cute note to end it on. Mm-hmm. But otherwise... Yeah, it was a it was a ride. <laughs> it was a ride for sure. One thing I'm curious about is was Susie always Mother Superiorium or was it something that was just kind of unlocked, I guess? Like did she know and maybe she had the audience fooled the whole time and she like fooled everyone around her? Maybe she knew as a young child. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume she was always special. And because she never fit in with her family, right? Right. Always getting in trouble. Why was she drawn to Madame Blanc specifically? Right. Why was she drawn to her studio? Why was she drawing Berlin at such a young age? Exactly. And why was she called the greatest sin for her mother? Right. And that almost makes you wonder if the mother somehow... Knew Um, that she gave birth to something outworldly. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, in the Mennonite religion, that's a no-no. It's like it's right. literally something not of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the mother like wasn't. Well, it is just an uh, assumption, but maybe the mother wasn't sick before mm-hmm. the child was born. But then, 
Yes, this is just a theory, but that is a good theory. Yes. It's just interesting to think about because there's a lot of unanswered or open to interpretation. Open ended questions. questions. Yeah, yeah, about like where things will go mm-hmm. or where they were, even in the start. Mm-hmm. But like how they wrote everything out and how it happened. Like it's a good story. I enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah. I love this movie. There are a lot of themes in it. Like there is like grieving, at least with the memory scenes. Because during that, or not memory, but the dream memory scenes. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It was kind of hard to read. Like, yes, you could tell, like, that the mom was dissatisfied with the daughter. But it was just, I didn't know why Susie was, think like, having those dreams specifically at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, while she's at the school for the first time. And I also want to point out, it's kind of funny. They changed the spelling of Susie from the original. I think it was S-U-Z-Y. Okay. And this one's, like, S-U-S-I-E. And it's, I mean, it's almost, like, laid out right in front of you. Because it wasn't... It, like, spoilers for the original, she wasn't Mother Suspiria, like, in the original. But in this one, she clearly is. But her name is Susie. Suspiria. Susie. Yeah, that, <laughs> makes, that, that makes sense. So it's just interesting, like, why that went that route. Which that might have been why they named the main character just for the matter of the title of the film. Yeah. But otherwise, like, this one's just like, oh, it's literally, like, there. <laughs> that mm-hmm. she it's is Mother right Suspiria. It's literally right in front of you. Yeah. So I like that a lot. I thought that was a cool turn. Again, especially after watching the original, because you think you know how the movie's going to go, and... It's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a totally different movie with a different kind of palette, just like the basic idea. But I, I think that's pretty cool whenever a remake actually goes that route. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a shot-by-shot shot thing. Absolutely. But, so what were, I don't know, just some of your favorite parts or what didn't you like? And I, I know we both really liked this movie, mm-hmm. but was there anything you didn't like about it? I don't. I would. I don't know. I, maybe... I wouldn't say this isn't something I don't like about it, but all the open interpretations. Mm -hmm. I like to have answers. I like to have, you know, okay, this is why this happened, or this is what that meant. Like, I want to know what we were just talking about. Did she know she was always Suspiriorum? Mm -hmm. Did she, did her mother, you know, did the theory, you know, you just said, like, was she the reason her mom got sick? Um, Just things like that. All the open-ended questions I have. No matter I don't I I feel like no matter how many times I see this movie, it's just not gonna answer it for me, which I kind of like. I like that this movie keeps you thinking about it. I think that was the whole purpose of it. Right. Just to keep you thinking about it so you can watch it over and over again and maybe get some answers. Mm-hmm. Would you want there to be a sequel to this movie somehow? If it had Dakota Johnson, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely I, I think she they do not need to change the actress at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they did another, you know, if they did a sequel with her in it, I could definitely see that going really well. With, mm-hmm. And with the witches who voted for Madame Block. Right, right. Um, in the original trilogy, each mother is in a different part of the world. So there was no continuity there, at least. Mm-hmm. But it would be like, I would want to see Dakota Johnson's character. I would want to see like that school again. And just like, yeah. if you could get answers that would be more interesting mm-hmm. especially like I said like it is just um it's a thought that maybe she did lie to everyone maybe from the get-go she was mother suspiria and she's like i'm here to cleanse the wrong right i can see that i can see it going both ways mm-hmm. so i don't think it's gonna happen since there is yeah, a box not. office failure but i really wish that there would be i mean like they could call it 
Inferno, just like the original sequel, which is a Such great... Such a disservice to yeah. calling it a box office failure because movies that make you want to rewatch it over and again, and maybe that's just me, but I don't know. I just don't see... I don't... I, I don't... I don't agree. <laughs> yes. I feel the same way. And, I mean, most of my favorite movies aren't, like, box office, like, um, amazing movies, mm-hmm. like... I love them, but I'll go online and like they have bad scores, and I'm just like, you're. I love wrong. the movie Sucker Punch, and that did terrible. Right. Yes, that is a good movie. I see, and a lot of things like they just age better too, mm-hmm. like where people like slowly like, oh, this Jennifer's is a good body movie. is one of those. Yes. <laughs> it was terrible, like terrible ratings when it first came out, mm-hmm. and now it's like a bisexual icon. Yes, that is very true. Like a lot of people love that movie. Um, no, I like this movie a lot. I thought they did a great job. Mm-hmm. I I don't I pretty much have the same concern as you. Like if I were to change anything, I'd want to know more of the backstory. But at the same time, I do like that. the open ended. Yeah, mm-hmm. just it leaves it up to your own thought. And like here we are talking about it. Like yeah. what could have been. <laughs> do we want to take a break and then t- just briefly talk about our final thoughts and feelings about the movie? Yeah, we'll take a quick break and then we'll just do our final uh, rating and review. Yeah, sweet. finish up our review of Suspiria from 2018 and rate it. We're going to talk a little bit about what we liked from the movie. Um, what are like some of the favorite things you just want to mention? Um, I really want to mention how I love that this movie is not a typical witch movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of witchy movies all kind of have a similar, all kind of have like a similar theme. And I just felt like this movie just was a lot different than mm-hmm. any which movie I've seen personally. Yes. Um, and that's what really caught my eye and what made me love it even more. Mm-hmm. This, it did have a lot of underlying themes, but yeah, the most common theme in which movies is a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. If you think of The Craft or yes. or The Witch itself with Anya Taylor-Joy's character. Mm-hmm. Um, Gretel and Hansel. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, with everything that went on with this movie, which there's the generational divide. There were the um, reflections of, like, the war crimes that were going on. And, like, everything in this movie meant something. It wasn't... There was nothing there that was a coincidence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, even just how the shots were, the reflections. The color palette. mm -hmm, Like like we talked about. It's it's not a coming-of-age story, but it is very much like... The story of Susie whenever she first gets to the uh, school. Well, coming into herself as a witch. Yes, exactly. Or at least revealing. Right. Because we don't know if she knew the entire time. Mm-hmm. But seeing that transformation within herself, being a meek girl from I or Ohio mm-hmm. to this main dancer and, you know, Mother Suspiria, mm-hmm. that transition, you know... I could see that being a quote-unquote coming-of-age for sure. Yeah. Um, probably my favorite thing out of the entire movie was the just, I don't know, universe that the director and writers created for this. Like, yeah. it was just, 
very eerie, very artistic. Like like we literally just said, everything was meant to happen how it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I like the mystery of it. It was just this very cold, bland setting. Like it was dreadful, but at the same time there were like there it's was ethereal in- at the same time. Mm-hmm. And there was innocence there, and then there was also underlying intentions. Like there was just so many different Moving things happening at the same time. Yes, that, in my opinion, coincided very well mm-hmm. and made this the movie that it is. Yes, I agree. So. I would give this, and I'm very picky with movies. I just want to throw that out there. My attention span for movies is so little. Mm -hmm. Just with anything in general. Um, But I would personally have to rate this movie... I'd give it a 5 out of 5. You would? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's... We couldn't really find much we'd change about it. Yeah. So... I even like the open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that this movie left me thinking and wanting more. Mm -hmm. And asking more. Because it made me want to watch it more. Right. And it's crazy to think about... And this is a turn-off to some people. But it's such a long movie. It's like two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And like we just said, there's so many moving parts. There's so many things happening. But like, I never was bored. I didn't feel like it was a slow burn. Right. Like, it... In some ways, it kind of is just because how it's shot. Like, they're very long shots, and there's a lot of talking. There are a lot of quiet scenes. Even the main character doesn't even talk that much. But otherwise, like, it's there's always something happening. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not, I I wouldn't say it's not important, but plainly, like, they're at dinner laughing, but at the same time, they're somehow communicating, I guess, maybe telepathically. And, like, that's just very important because they are, the witches themselves are saying how they have to show the girls that they're having a good time. They want them to appear normal so their suspicions aren't erased anymore. Mm-hmm. But I would also, I'd give it a five out of five. Five hooks to the meat skin. <laughs> That's one thing I want to start doing is uh, <laughs> having like measure or not measurements, but uh, increments of how I rate. Like just whenever it comes to the movie, since they had the hooks to, to carry Olga. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do five hooks out of five. <laughs> That's a good rating. This is a good movie. I feel like it deserves it. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I'd love to see somehow the story be expanded. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need another remake for another 30 years. <laughs> no. But it was just, yeah, it's a very artsy movie and definitely recommend it. I think people should check it out. It's on Prime Video, so it's free if you have Prime. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to add? No, I think... I, you know, communicated all my thoughts and feelings on this movie. And I could literally sit for hours and talk about it. But we've been here for almost an hour and a half. Right. (laughs) And talking about it. And I think anybody who is into horror and wants a new movie to watch and haven't or hasn't seen this movie, definitely watch this movie. And let us know what you think. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, Do you think you're going to go check out the original Suspiria ever? For sure. Yeah. It might be going with an open mind because it's definitely different, especially since you love this movie so much. But I think you'll like it because like they're definitely they complement each other. It's okay. not it's not a versus situation. Okay. So, but yeah, um, let us know what you think. Go ahead and uh, follow my page at Horrors Home on Instagram and like the Horrors Home Facebook page. You can also follow Hannah at her Instagram, which is it's Handav, and it'll be tagged below. Yes. Because I'm not going to go into all the letters. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, let us know what you think. Also, I always want to hear if you have movie suggestions or just things you want to hear about. Um, thanks for listening. My name's Tyler, and I'm really lucky to have Hannah here with me today. And t- 
Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, until next time, thanks for listening.